Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. I am your host and the vice president here at Rise Up For You. My name is Lauren Sweeney. Today's guest, Melinda, is going to bring a wealth of information. We're going to be talking about how to unlearn different things that we've been taught and especially in the areas of unconscious bias. We all have biases and today we're going to learn how to unlearn some of them so that we can get along better, have better leadership, and really thrive in this environment. Melinda is the founder and the CEO of Change Catalyst, and she brings to us today more than 25 years of experience elevating brands and developing business innovation strategies for startups, Fortune 500 companies, and global NGOs alike. As the CEO of Change Catalyst, Melinda is a strategic diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor for executives, entrepreneurs, investors, and activists around the world. As part of her change-making work, she's an inclusive leadership coach. Can you see why we brought her on today? So in alignment with our brand. She trains executive and management teams and builds learning and development solutions for her clients. She's also an author, and I'm sure we'll talk about her book today, and the host of the very popular podcast, Leading with Empathy and Allyship. She's a TEDx speaker, just like our CEO, Netta, and an award-winning documentary filmmaker and former marketing and cultural executive. We are so excited to have you on the podcast, Melinda. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad to have you here. So tell me, what are some common misconceptions when people hear that you're going to talk about culture, you're going to talk about allyship and unlearning unconscious bias? What are some misconceptions you often get? Oh, interesting question. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for, for allyship, I think a big piece of it is, is that there's just an immediate fear that, that comes up that I might, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, don't, I, I know I understand the basic idea of what an ally, what allyship is, but I don't, it's too big. It's too difficult to understand. And I have this real fear that I might say or do something wrong. And so, yeah, there's that, 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 that fear presents us to us and then we just kind of shut down. Um, and so I think that's the biggest misconception is that it's hard, that it's big and, and that, um, and then we could make a mistake so easily that we shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. We do hear that often. I recently yeah. went to an HR conference for SHRM and mm. the Society for Human Resource Management globally. And we were talking about this topic, how, oh, I'm not sure if I'm in a certain group, I can really dive into this conversation or, mm. oh, I feel bad. I have a bias when really that's not realistic that we have no bias. It's right. just how do we bring it to light? How do we take a look at it? Whether we're an entrepreneur, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to our show and we have a lot of leaders and executives alike. So both, even as a parent, how do I have certain conversations and take a look? So where do we start? I'm sure those listening are all different places in their journey. Mm -hmm. And where do you recommend? Where, where do we get started? 
Yeah, uh, with starting with allyship, the first thing that I think we all to do, we all have a responsibility to do this in our lives to be good humans. To is to learn, to unlearn, and relearn. And you know, um, it's a constant process. That learning is a con and unlearning is a constant process. We learn, for example, you you mentioned biases. We learn our biases from you know, when we were growing up, from our family, from culture from media around us and and there's a lot of those biases that we have to come to terms with so in, in order to really interrupt our biases right we have to know what those biases are so that requires some learning that requires some some reading some looking at articles looking at my book for example and and really really understanding what those biases even are so that we can correct them in ourselves and um you know we also have gaps in our history um right we um even Wikipedia, even when you get a lot of a lot of us consume history through Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is known and they have worked for a long time to against um, they have a lack of diversity. They have a lack of inclusion with their their writers. And and they, so as a result, a lot of stories aren't being told. Histories aren't being told. And so we have to fill the gaps in those histories um, by unlearning and relearning, right? Relearning from different perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. What had you shift or pivot? You were working in corporate America and then became your the CEO of your own company and then mm -hmm. wrote a book and did your TEDx. Was that kind of how it went on your journey? <laughs> it was more complicated than that. I love it. I love it. That was, that was really great. But it, um, so I started out as a documentary filmmaker. Actually, I was a documentary filmmaker for 10 years. And then um, and then I actually uh, built my own company. And um, as a result of doing so much client work, uh, one of my clients brought me in um, and became an executive. And uh, and I, as an executive, I found myself in an environment that was not inclusive. And it took me a while to kind of figure out what's happening. Why, why, why am I not being effective, right? And I started, you know, I did some reading around toxic workplace culture and microaggressions and oh, wait, microaggressions. There are these little slight everyday slights. They're based around most of microaggressions are the foundation is our biases. So we have a bias about somebody and it comes out in our words. So there are little slights and insults or negative verbal, sometimes nonverbal as well, communication that, that can um, make us feel like we don't belong, make us feel belittled um, or unsafe. Right. And I, realized I was experiencing them constantly. I was in a leadership team of 19 and I was the only woman. And, um, and so I started to, to realize, I looked at our data, realized that we had high turnover rates for women in general, as well as people, anybody with an underrepresented identity. And, and so I worked to create change in that company and really wanted to do more and wanted to make a bigger impact on the tech industry as a whole. So I left my job as an executive to start Change Catalyst and with my, with my partner, Wayne Sutton, to really address change first in the tech industry around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then since we've, we've expanded beyond the tech industry. Mm. So interesting. So when you were as a, working as a documentarist, as a filmist, mm -hmm. did you see that there as well? Or was it yeah. once you came into the company and experienced the bias yourself? Yeah. So the film industry, definitely there's, uh, and the reckoning, we're seeing that publicly, right? Because, um, because it is a public industry. So we're seeing that public reckoning and we're just seeing the surface of it. There's so much more beneath. Um, it is a very, sexualized, um, not just sexist, but sexualized um, environment. 
is pretty overt. Um, it's pretty out in the open. So what's different about corporate America is it's covert. It's thing. It's little insidious things that 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 slowly. Megan Megan Smith, the white, former White House CTO, calls it death by a thousand paper cuts. So it's the little things that every day, again and again, it's a huge slash, right? It's a huge gutting, ultimately, um, right? But it, so it's it's different. I I left the film industry in part because of of that. Um, the barriers that I experienced, but also the um, the harass the daily harassment in that industry, and I did not expect corporate America to be the same. It wasn't. It was different. It's it's more covert. It's so interesting. So, yeah. what would you recommend if somebody is listening and they're in an environment that is not working for them, and or they realize they're doing some things in their environment, personally or professionally, that are not contributing to a healthy environment? Where would we start? Well, okay. There's those. I th I think those are two different things. If if you're in an environment where um, where you're experiencing exclusion, where you regularly um, is is a little different. Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer that question first, which is um, you first need to decide if you want to stay in that environment and change it or not. I mean, that is a, that is a, the question we all need to ask, ask ourselves is, is that environment changeable? Can we affect that change? What is it going to, what, what is it going to do to us when we do affect that change? All those are questions you should be asking yourselves. And then, and then from there, you can start to affect change in your own work. Um, you know, how are you making your work more diverse, equitable, accessible, inclusive? Um, and then really push for change uh, across your organization. A lot of leaders are Op much more open over the last two years since since George Floyd was murdered. There's just been a an, a an awakening, an understanding that this work needs to be done, and an opening of minds as well. So a lot of leaders are newly open to that feedback. We need to do more. We need to do something different um, as a culture. And so if you want that to change, tell your leadership that it's time to change. Um, and then at an individual level, if you're experiencing exclusion, then that, that I mean, again, you kind of have to decide, like, can do I have the power to change it or not? And if not, that's a real question. Do you want to stay there or not? Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's so many things you can do from, from there. It's protect yourself, some ways that you can, um, um, have some some mindfulness practices to really to protect yourself from harm, and then uh, and then work to change it as well. It's interesting too the mindfulness practices that we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders that have that perfectness mm -hmm. perfectionistic mindset, right? They're yes. thinking, oh, I won't get started, and this has nothing to do with necessarily unconscious bias. It's just their own bias in their mind that. I don't know that I can do this. I don't know I'd be good enough. And it does spill over into this space too. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the right one. Maybe Melinda will do it. She wrote the book. Let's have her take it. Or I'm not sure what if I say something wrong. This is that same monkey chatter that stops an entrepreneur from writing a book. It stops mm -hmm. an executive from making a great decision, stops mm -hmm. people in this space. Did you experience any of that when you were writing your book or going to get your TED talk or anything like that? Any monkey chatter? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, a big part of what you're describing is imposters that imposter syndrome, right? It's that feeling that I'm imposter an imposter, even though I have all this expertise, years and years of expertise in the space. Um, I regularly have to combat that myself. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll say that, you know, when I was writing my book, just as an example, I read I really I researched heavily and read 300 books and articles, and most of them are, um, you know, very carefully referenced in the book. Right? I don't think my next book is going to be that way um, because I felt that I needed to show everyone there's proof, there's proof, there's proof, there's proof. It's not just me saying it, right? So this little imposter syndrome that's coming out there. I mean, it's a well-researched book, and right, uh, but 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 it, but it is. I think that there was that that little bit of imposter syndrome in me that said I needed to do that. With my TED talk, for sure. Um, I when I first started speaking. I had a real fear of speaking, like a real major fear of speaking. And uh, a lot of that came back when I was preparing for the TED Talk. It's a very different way of, um, TED has a very uh, formulated kind of way of preparing you. It's scripted. I've never done a script before uh, when I did a TED, when I did a talk and I had to remember the whole thing. And, um, and even just the scripting process was really difficult. So all of that kind of brought back some of that old fear of speaking. And I, I had, I had to work really hard to push through it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that can give comfort to those that are listening that think, well, I mean, Melinda's the CEO and she's written this book and she's done all these things and we hear our, our own bios. And sometimes we think, yes, but I have those same imposter feelings or I have that perfectionistic mindset, yet it's one mm -hmm. step in front of the other. And so I hope that that can inspire the listeners, especially the entrepreneurial listeners that think, I don't know, and or perhaps even the executive listening and he or she is sitting mm -hmm. at a table, where he feels under or she feels underrepresented and they feel like, I don't know if I could take the risk and speak up. I'm not sure that I'm the one. And it's mm -hmm. the same process. It's that same mindset that, yeah. yes, you can. And one mm -hmm. step gets another step, right? And then mm -hmm. before you know it, you're doing all the things or you're making the impact that you didn't think it was possible. Yeah. And it's important to know that you you can make, you know, 10 steps forward and then at some point something in your life pushes you back. Like it's, it's even when I, when I walk into a... Um, like a TED a TED a tech company that um, that really has a horrible toxic workplace, right? I walk in sometimes, and all of that that feeling that I had when I worked at that company, it comes back, it floods back. I have to like, whoo, get it all back out of there again. Um, and so it does. You have to. It's a it's a constant process of work of pushing that through. And then and so the mindfulness practice, I think, for me, is really huge. That that I meditate every night and kind of let it all go. I also, I, I do yoga, I exercise regularly to get it because it's not just in your brain, it's also, it lives in your body too. That trauma that we experience regularly um, through microaggressions and exclusion and discrimination, all of that can live in your body if you're not careful. So you gotta move it through your body too. 
Totally. Otherwise, it's very difficult for us to process things. We lose mm. our capacity. Our capacity becomes smaller to be able to process a trigger or process just taking action. Tell mm. me a little bit, um, and for those listening or watching about your book. Oh, great. Yeah. So um, how to be an ally, actions you can take for a stronger, happier workplace. So it's it's a, it's a, it's a how-to book. It's um, I wrote it for everybody who is wanting to be an ally and isn't really sure what to do. Um, and, and so it walks you through seven different steps for being an ally. The first is to learn, unlearn, and relearn, right? And then doing no harm, the ways that we unintentionally harm people, first through our biases. Um, so really uh, walks through all those different biases um, that can come up in the workplace. And, and then microaggressions, reducing those microaggressions, really, and, then, um, and then all the way through kind of uh, interrupting microaggressions and leading the change and adv advocating for people and then leading the change. So um, I think I forget, forgot to step in there, but it's seven different steps that you can take to really make a difference um, for your colleagues, for your friends, for the people around you, for the industry that you might be working in as well. Hmm. I love that. And if they want to learn more, they can, of course, buy your book on Amazon or all of the booksellers. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can go to your website, right? So it's your yeah. first name, your second name or your middle name, and then your last name, right? So if you're yeah. not watching visually, then you can listen to it. It'll also be in the show notes. So it's Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A. And then it's Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-A. And then the last name, Epler. E-P-L-E-R.com. And what will they find there, Melinda? Oh, you'll find information about the book. You'll find information about my work, my speaking, what I do for a living, speaking and the consulting, the work that I do. Um, yeah, you know, you'll find all that information in my bio, much more about me as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we love to ask a question as we wrap up, mm -hmm. and that is, what does Rise Up For You mean to you? Ah, well, you know, it's an easy one, right? It, when we're good allies for each other, we're rising up for each other. We're stepping up, we're stepping in. Sometimes it means we're stepping back too as allies and really um, working to understand how to do that effectively. So that means building empathy for each other, understanding what, what our experiences are, what's going to support, what, Lauren, what's going to support you most effectively as an ally, and then rising up to do that. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Melinda, for being on the show today and for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great conversation. I'm glad to have it with you. Yeah. yeah you as well. Oh, such an important topic. And I think you can relate to it at all different stages, no matter what you do professionally and where we're at in our growth journey. Thank you for joining us today. I want to let you know that if you are looking for coaching that is affordable, we have it. Did you know that you can coach with us for as low as $149 a month? Text POWER to 949-416-0671 or just go to our website, riseupforyou.school and under our courses, you will find it. I'm Lauren Sweeney. It's been my pleasure to be your host today and we will see you on the next time on the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series.